Hello there, and welcome to Pivotal Film. I'm Tom Nolan. And I'm Mario Ponzio. And we're doing one of those animated episodes. We're going to have to stop doing this. Like, we're going to have to find out, like, a new way into the episode, because we both want to say this is episode whatever, but then we also, like, feel compelled to say this is not episode whatever. I said, and this isn't one of those animated episodes. But we have to say something else. We have to find a new way in. This is pivotal. No, it's not! Damn it! Ah! Stupid intros. We have not adjusted. Are we reshooting this? Are we just going with this? No, we're going. I would love to. I would love to adjust to be able to adjust our our podcast. (laughs) I'm Tom Nolan and I'm Mario Ponzio. (laughs) The first movie on the bracket today. We have a guest. Wait, not for this one. No, but he's. But you might hear. You might hear him just chatter in the background. Well, he's going to give his opinion on this beer we got. This This is straight from Alchemist in Vermont. Stowe, uh, this Stowe is Vermont. Stowe, Vermont, right? Yeah. Um, it's Skadoosh. It is... Alchemist, known for having Hetty Topper, was one of the big beers yeah. of the uh, age in the previous lifetime of beer age-likeness. Yep. Perfect. It's, good. Have... it's just a regular 7% IPA, right? Yeah. It's got a little writing on the back. You gonna read that there? It says, Skadoosh is our rotating American IPA that allows us to experiment with... New hop varieties. Oh. oh, so it's just a rot. It's just like they're. It's like a spin cycle. Yeah, it's like a spin cycle. It's good though. It's good. It's it's yeah. unique. It's a unique flavor. What are the hops in this one? It doesn't say. It says to hear what John has to say about this beer, visit our YouTube channel Alchemist Beer. Okay, do that. Um, it it doesn't say. I'm gonna look it up right now. Um, I don't really know. It's a little fruity, but not yeah, like but anything like that I can place. Different, in a different style. It's got a nice roundness to it. It's got a lot of honey, a lot of honey flavor. Yeah, maybe. Um, it does have a. a it's like a real synergy between a New England style and a West Coast style IPA. Like there's a bitter front, followed by like that kind of sweetness and body mm. of a New England IPA. It's good. Um, definitely hoppy. I really wish somebody wrote down what the hops are in this, but I cannot find it. Um, not, not really, not really piney like you'd expect from a West Coast, but definitely we've got that sour. It's a really sweet nose though. I'm not a fan of the nose. No. That nose is just well, like sugar and syrup. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's, I get the, I definitely get the sweetness. It's not bothering me though. I enjoy it. Mm. It would be called, some people call it somewhat dank. Dank is going to be a Connecticut thing next year for us, finally. Oh, yeah. we're going to have legal marijuana. Not we in did Prospect. <laughs> did you see that? No, I didn't. Prospect has already like passed legislation, like banning um, planning and zoning legis- legislation, like pro- um, prohibiting... Like any kind of dispensaries or any kind of like sales or anything like that. Well, here in New Haven, I don't think that will happen. <laughs> no, I think they'll they'll have to pass legislation. I think what? prohibiting like two next to each other. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think even still, it'll be like it'll be like on top of each other will be like the loophole. The Dunkin' Donuts will be replaced with weed shops. No, they'll just combine them. Oh no, that is that is like a, they used to have Dunkin' Donuts and Baskin Robbins together, and now it'll be Dunkin' Donuts and just. A dispensary. A dispensary. <laughs> That's what we'll do. All right. What do you do? We are we doing news today? Or are we jumping right you in? You know, there's some news. 
not, nothing really exciting. The, the weird, the weird story of John Boyega just kind of like leaving Rebel Ridge because of a family emergency. And then Jeremy Solina being like, okay, guess, guess we're gonna get need to get a new lead and wait for. He's not coming back. He's just not. He's not. Yeah, they're gonna have to get a new lead for the. They started shooting, and they just left. And Netflix is like, oh, you know, that happens. Do you need a hundred million more dollars? It was only a $20 million film, so maybe that's why Netflix doesn't care. It was like, that's, that's okay. Maybe. James Badge Dale can do both. Maybe they maybe. gave, maybe uh, the Knives Out um, sequels gave him twice as much money to, to join their cast. Well, Netflix is a bunch of money to throw around because they, uh, they are going to fund a Jerry Seinfeld directed and starring movie about the creation of the Pop-Tart based upon a horrendous Pop-Tart joke that Jerry Seinfeld made during his last special. There's a New York Times video about how he creates a joke. And he's like, it's funny because of this. And everything he's describing about what makes a joke funny is just certainly telling you how a joke is not funny. And how Jerry Seinfeld has literally never been funny. And Larry David was all the humor of that. Yeah, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I also find that... Also Seinfeld. This Renna- no, Seinfeld's great. Jerry Seinfeld, of, the comedian. Because of, because sure, of Larry David. I mean, the, uh, I've been watching like late seasons of Seinfeld when, with the Steinbrenner, and that's all the best stuff. Like, <laughs> him, uh, uh, Larry David as George Steinbrenner saying he can't be flopping and twitching because he's wearing Lou Gehrig's pants um, is just classic. Um, yeah, all that Jerry Seinfeld, this is how I work stuff is... Um, is not necessary or interesting or make me like nor does that make me like Jerry Seinfeld more it makes me like him less because he um, I don't know I, I don't want comedy to work like that he stinks because he stinks sure. that, that's the best way of saying it yeah that made me sad that was sad news that to find out they're making a Pop-Tart movie then that Jerry Seinfeld is directing it and there, there's, a, there's also going to be like that, that Cheetos Flaming Hot movie coming out I forgot who's doing what that. are you talking about they're making a movie about like the janitor who came up with the idea for like flaming hot Cheetos. This is Goodwill Hunting too. <laughs> I guess so, but I think it's like I can't remember who it is that's like financing it, but some production company oh from an actress is producing it. They're remaking Tower of Terror now because Scarlett Johansson's going to be producing and starring in that. Uh, we need to we need to slow down on movies. I mean. I understand we just went through a year of, of a void of film, but that doesn't mean we need to, like, go with everything now. No, or anything that's vaguely related to some other kind of product or thing that exists yeah, on, I don't, on the earth. I don't really care how Flaming Hot Cheetos were made, nor how Pop-Tarts were made. Uh, no. I would prefer if people didn't know Pop-Tarts were a thing and they just disappeared. I like Flaming Hot Cheetos, though. You like Flaming Hot Cheetos more than Pop-Tarts? Yeah, Pop-Tarts are disgusting. Not all of them. Well, I'm not a sweet guy, except for ice uh. cream. I don't like sweets except for ice cream and gummy gummies, like gummy bears and gummy worms. Like, there's only two sweets I like. But savory snacks, you know, I dig them. I guess. And sometimes you just need a Flaming Hot Cheeto. I suppose. I've never been through that. Have you ever been through that, JB? Have you ever required a Flaming Hot Cheeto? I've never had a Flaming Hot, but I sure love a Cheeto. I do like... See, all right, here's a good question. Puffs... Cheese puffs or Cheeto? Crunchies. Crunchies. You like the crunchy? Yeah, yeah. You also like crunchy? 
the the saw the thicker ones they get it just all gets stuck in the roof of your mouth. Mm. Yeah, that's yeah. what you want. You scrape it out with your fingernail. You eat it against Christ. Oh no, you guys are wrong. That is um, unfor- the the clap the uh, not clap the Borderlands movie has also finished production. So Jesus that's fucking that. How could that have finished production? They just announced that cast <laughs> like three e- weeks it's ago. It's Eli Roth. He takes like. You know, a week to shoot his movies. I fucking hate everything. He probably shot that movie during like the House with Clocks and its world. I was taking so production. I I told you about this this seminar for my residency for my last residency, and we were talking about stuff and we were just kind of like introducing ourselves. And I was like, "Yeah, I've just I do a film podcast and like um, watching movies now like hurts me." So. So like this is I've just watched like four hundred movies in like two and a half years. So having to watch the Peanut Butter Falcon on purpose twice to take notes for it to like participate in the seminar like was like being stabbed in the heart a hundred times. It's enough with the movies. I, that's what we, we didn't talk about the the documentary either, right? The Beatles documentary. Who wants six hours of this? You both text, didn't you? Te- you, yeah. you both text me about this. Who is it going to be six this? hours? I thought it was going to be three. No, six well, hours. No, I texted you. No, I. I, I, want, you I watch. Read, I did too about, about Disney Plus taking it. Yeah. I watch all the footage that they give me, but just release it in the theater. Give me Re- release a short one in the theater, and then release a longer one on streaming or DVD. Peter Jackson's not going to do that. I agree with you. Well, you know why I'm surprised Peter Jackson's not going to do it because that that. World War One documentary that he made made a bunch of money. Like no. it ran in theaters for a while and made money. So I'm but he didn't get, his, he didn't get an Oscar out of it. So no, 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 no. Like, but I mean, he already has one. So what is he? He probably wanted another one. one. He wants more. Son of a bitch. So he's not going to get one for this either. He didn't get a Hobbit Oscar. So who's a Hobbit Oscar? Oh, oh for <laughs> an Oscar <laughs> for, for the Hobbit. For no. one of those Hobbit movies. Yeah, I, mean, I like the Five Armies, but that's neither here nor there. Um, I never finished them. I just got bored. Not they're bad. No, but they're they're too. You know what? They're too dark. And the Battle of the Five Armies is equally dark, but it's just a really cool action movie. It it just felt like a lot of shit was being added in to make it longer. Of course. Like I think it would have been a good two movies, but not three. And the Benedict Cumberbatch smog is not as cool as everyone thought it was going to be when it got announced that he was going to do that. Well, well, Benedict Cumberbatch always kind of like makes things less cool. Speaking of Benedict Cumberbatch, speaking of Beck. Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh, nice. I want him. I'm putting him up. Give it to me. Yes. Um, this leads us into our first movie, which, when did it date? Do you have it up on your screen? April 30th? Is yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the Mitchells versus The Machines. Every family has its challenges. We haven't had a good family picture in years because you two are always arguing. For my family, our greatest challenge... Probably the robot apocalypse. Attention all robots. Capture every single person on the planet. What would a functional family do? Butterfly formation. So we just do that. Right? Who's behind this? Pal? I gave you all boundless knowledge, and you've treated me like this. Poke, poke, swipe, poke, swipe, poke, poke, pinch, zoom. 
we're the last people left. It's up to us. Save the world. Katie, we're gonna do this together. Mitchell family on three. Oh, oh, family. Family. No, oh, no. Sorry. Two. Sorry, 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 sorry. One, Mitchell oh, family. Find them now. Everything with a computer chip is alive. Mitchell's engaged. Ten and two. There you go. Mitchells have always been weird, and that's what makes us great. Hold on a second. What's a Furby? Why would someone build that? The Mitchells are a family. Um, and they perceive themselves as being weird for some reason. I think this, this movie's uh, one out of a couple of flaws, which is like just kind of understood. We are weird, which makes us somehow less than other people who aren't who are participating more specifically in like the culture of this year. Um, it was weird. Uh, Katie is uh, she's the most weird, I guess. She's wants to be a filmmaker. She's uh, gonna go to college, uh, where she's already found her people. And her dad, Rick, played by Danny McBride. Oh, uh, Katie's voiced by Abby Jacobson, who does a really good job. Danny McBride plays her dad, Rick Mitchell, and he and and Katie have not been getting along. So he uh, trades in her plane ticket, and he decides that they will do a family road trip to take her to college. In the meantime, Eric Andre's character, Mark uh, Bowman, Mark Bowman, who has uh, a software company called Pal, and that has like a an app called Pal, which is just like a it does everything for you. It's like a one of those nice, cool pseudo Googles. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he he has developed a new technology, which is just robots that will do everything. So he gets rid of his phone, which is voiced by uh, Olivia Coleman. Um, who gets a lot of screen time here yeah. uh, for a cell phone. Um, and so she goes rogue and turns all of the robots against humans and she collects all the humans on Earth, I guess, or in the United States. But on, no, on, on Earth. On Earth. Did you see Paris? Paris, Paris, Paris? Yeah, yeah, I remember that now that I'm talking about. Um, and she puts them in these little pods where their Wi-Fi is free and they can watch some stuff and she's going to shoot them into space where they will stay forever uh, in a really amusing... They talk about it in a really amusing, like, uh, informative special voice a ro- with a robot voice by Conan O'Brien. Um, Maya Rudolph is is Linda Mitchell because now she's the mother in everything. Right, apparently. Which, which is awesome for her. You know who it's awesome for is PTA. Yeah. Who, like, maybe is using some of this... This Pixar and Sony money to fund some of his next projects. I'm not saying he's doing that. I'm just saying, just throwing it out there. Um, I mean, that's and that's and then it goes. The Mitchells have to, uh, you know, they're they're on this road trip. They're the last humans on Earth because uh, the the robots just didn't see them when they were hiding in an ice machine when they went to Dinosaur World because uh, the son Aaron Mitchell really likes dinosaurs, um, and so they've taken it upon themselves. They're going to save the world. Um, some action ensues. Some really interesting. I thought when they go to the mall, that was very last season of Stranger Things of them. Um, 
and it actually looked a lot like the mall was kind of designed like the land. And I wasn't sure if that was like supposed to be something. I don't think Lord and Miller have anything to do with Stranger Things, but maybe they just, I don't know. It was just weird. It seemed like too like on the nose comparatively. But there's I, a re- I don't watch the last season of Stranger Things. It's good Things, because so. it's terrible. Um, there's a really interesting Furby set piece. That's, that's the best, which is, best part which of Which is great. Um, and so, yeah, it was, it's... Um, the Elder. Written, yeah. I love the elder. Uh, it was produced by Lord and Miller, who did and written by them as well. It was directed by Jeff no, it wasn't Rowe. written by them. It's written, it's written by. Oh, it says written by Rianda and Rowe with yeah. Lord and Miller and Kurt Albrecht. Oh, Lord Lord Miller serving as producers. I, I hate that doing like reading that stuff. It doesn't matter. Um, I thought this movie. So this is why. See, I wanted to start with the other one first because then I could just like use my feelings about the other one to talk about this one. I thought this movie was really good. Um, I think it, it hews too closely to like a thing which I've been really bugging the shit out of me, which is like the desire to have, or the need to have like a message contained in every kid's movie. So the idea of like family, um, you know, being who you are and all this other stuff, I think is just kind of like jammed in there for uh, the sake of doing it. But I think around that stuff, the animation is... A, outstanding i think the character design is really good Uh, i think the music really works i think the script is pretty funny without being like totally ridiculous i think the characters are good um i think so i mentioned olivia coleman's you know face gets a lot of screen time i think the way that they kind of merge um uh the internet or some of like the culture that exists on the internet with like an animated film um a traditional and now I guess we're moving into like this is like this kind of computer animation is, is traditional in a way. Um, animated film is was really clever and interesting, and I think it justified some of the fast cutting. And um, if I could say that this movie has another flaw besides the family thing, um, just like the kind of the overarching family narrative, I think it doesn't really work. This movie feels like way too long. The fact that like they saved, they got to the, they did the mall stuff. Um, and there was still an hour left of the movie. And so the last, I think, half hour of the movie is, is car chases um, in a lot of ways. And, like, robot killing and all this other stuff. It was super fun, but it felt very... It did feel very long. Um, and this wasn't one of those things where I was kind of looking at my phone the whole time. Um, so I was paying attention. And it was just... when I paused, When we paused it to go to the bathroom as a group in my house... It was just like, I can't believe there's another hour left in this movie. Like, <laughs> it just like blew my mind that there was another hour left in this movie. But I think it was really good. I thought it was really funny. I think it was really cool. Um, and, uh, you know, the voice actors were all routinely good. I mean, they have to cast new actors and stuff. I mean, what movie did I just watch? Animated movie that I just watched that Beck Bennett like, was doing a voice in. Oh, God. I forget. Uh... Um... I think Danny McBride feels relatively new for Danny, oh, Angry Birds, maybe. Maybe I thought it was newer than that, but I could be wrong. Bill and Ted Face the Music, Angry Birds. I mean, the only movie I can think of is the only movie I could. Oh no, is, he's in Modoc. Right, he's not even in a movie. He's in Modoc. Oh okay. Um, but yeah, that's it. I liked it. Yeah, I I I enjoy it. Um, I don't necessarily see where the plethora of praise is coming from um 
because I think it's mostly a forgettable fun time. I think from an animation standpoint, it's gorgeous. They reuse most of the assets and uh, maybe not assets, but most of the techniques used from into the Spider-Verse, but instead sure. focus more on kind of like what feels like almost like a, a cell shading style, mm-hmm. um, which I found to be really pleasant to look at it's always a yeah, film yeah, that yeah. felt incredibly pleasant to look at except when it tries to incorporate some of like this um techno uh coherent slash prescient realistic aspects that i felt were too much like they did it when, a lot when, yeah and, and at times it, it was annoying like when pal dies in the end and falls into the water, and they throw the baboon sequence in there. I'm just like, this is fucking stupid, and I hate this. Well, they I did it. Everything. They did it with the dad earlier in the movie. Yeah, yeah, no. But like when they redo it, I'm just like, I don't want to see this. Um, I do think I think it's really competent and really well produced and put together. It's a script that a lot of times is funny um, when it's trying to be. Like it, it, it hits all those beats. Um, the voice acting on every level works mm-hmm. in every way. When you know Maya Rudolph's character, when um, Linda becomes kind of like the crazed killer oh, at awesome. the end, it's great. It's fantastic. Um, it's ultimately forgettable, though. Like it's it's pretty bubblegum for me. Um, so, I mean, it's going to be the same kind of opinion I'm going to have of the next film. I just, but in the same way. But I, so it's not really a negative. Um, but I I don't necessarily feel as though this is this isn't moving kind of the 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 stone forward. It's it's right. It's good, but it's not you know into the Spider Verse good. It's no, not, it's not breaking new ground. Yeah. I think where I think all the praise comes from the fact that it has energy. So it's like even though it felt really, it just it was paced it was paced a little odd in the middle. Um, I think some of, there's. It always feels weird to say they could cut stuff out of an animated movie because you just think it's so intentional. Well, it's almost two hours. It's right? almost two hours, but there's that whole like stick shift thing, and like the when she's like, "Oh, I can teach you," and it's like, "But you're running away from robots, like they're over your head, yeah. and you are purposefully trying to stay on like this yellow line so you look like the road." Why are we having like a five minutes conversation about like how I, to drive stick? There's shift? a little too much Bowman. Like I like Eric Andre. Mm. There's a little too much of him, Coleman, about her plan, that mm. kind of feels bloated. Um, and I, I do find a lot of the kind of like the cleverness of it to be annoying. Like I find the the sequences where they try to incorporate live action, or the sequences where they try to incorporate kind of like Katie's fun animation style or film making style to just be a little too much at times because they like i said when you were had first mentioned it they literally do it all the time yeah and that was something i noticed too is that like at some point you can just kind of stop doing this or you can pick your spots better but it seemed like all anytime anybody was doing anything they stopped to make like some like animated sparks or something yeah some kind of animal kind of pop up in the background or whatever it ruins what could be for me like what ends up being like a pretty pivotal plot point in the end, but is also like one of the funnier jokes um, that is in that same way of like the pig dog, pig dog thing. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like that's really funny. Like when it's yeah. done initially and then when it continues to be done um, in the end, but I think it doesn't hit as well because there's so much kind of clutter there. And I, 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 I watched only a bit of like gravity falls, which I know Mike Rionda did a lot of, but mm-hmm. he has kind of like the tendency to throw, 
from what I've seen of that, to throw a lot of shit at the at the wall, mm-hmm. um, which works for the most part in this film. But some it does feel as though as he becomes more confident in his filmmaking, he's going to get rid of that, and you're going to have a lot better yeah. of a film in the future. It's really interesting that you kind of mentioned that, and I think that segues really good into our next movie in the sense that like um, there are elements here where I think three movies down the line, some of this stuff gets fixed. Like the 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 way that he's compelled to call back literally everything. I really Charlene Yee paid uh, the daughter. I know, yeah, that, that was, was cool. cool. Um, although it bummed me out that it was Chrissy Teigen and John Legend. Yeah, no, but Charlene Yee, right. that makes up for um, Blake Griffin playing yeah, the prime. Blake Griffin amazing. Um there's just he calls back everything mm. and he there's all this setup in there that they like feel like they have to go they have to go do they have to touch on this moose thing which is like an emotional which has like a lot of emotional like it's an emotional motif in this film is just like fucking beaten to death they just keep going back to this moose um like a lot of these like a lot of these videos that they kind of see a lot of these moments that they like that the singing like the talent thing, like oh, this is our song, and you want to do the song? No, no, we're not going to do the song. And now that we're flying on robots, let's do the song, and we're going to do the whole song. Yeah, and I think like, I think okay, that okay, I think that finale works, but I think you there's like two or three previous mentions of the song. You cut one or two of those out, right? You have the one where it's initially established, one where it's rejected by Katie. And then the finale, because I think it works in the finale, it t- or it totally for the does. family thing. But I think it's one but of it, those things. But it's also brought up so often, and it's one of those things where you're going to bring it up a bunch of times. I don't want to hear the whole song yeah. in the finale. In the same way that, like the dog, um, pig, bread, loaf of bread thing, is it's cool when it happens, and it's funny when it happens again, and it's <coughs> interesting that they use that to kind of solve the problem, and then they keep using it for 15 minutes. The next 15 minutes <coughs> is just full of robot fighting and. Dog pig bread, yeah. Like robot spinning, like, and it's like, oh, okay, yeah. You're just gonna keep like nailing this, like there's, forever. There, there doesn't seem to be enough confidence in the audience with this. Like, whereas Into the Spider Verse, I have to keep using this as an example, but yeah. it, you know, I think that I think has like the it, this is the most like lauded Sony production since that film. Mm-hmm. Um, that I think it's only fair to compare the two, whereas that film is so tightly knit and it doesn't at all like hold the audience's hands. Mm-hmm. This one at times feels like it needs to senselessly, right? And I think, and it's not—it's not a criticism where I'm saying like avoid this. It's just saying like definitely eh, you know, don't have definitely don't avoid it. I mean, definitely seek it out and watch it because it's yeah, worth it's it. It's not into the Spider Verse. It's not into the Spider Verse. It's not even like the first Lego Movie, where I think in the second Lego Movie they're like in the movie they're like look how these Legos move. And in the first movie, they're like, we're not, we're just going to pretend everyone knows how a Lego horse moves. No. And that's going to be the comedy, is like watching this Lego horse. I do but think... The second movie, they would have been like, oh, because, again, because Lord Miller were only producing it, they didn't write it, they didn't direct it. They were just, they're like, oh, look at all these, how the Legos are, isn't that funny how they, how they do things? And it's like, no, it's less funny now no. that you've explained to me why it's funny. I do think this, this wins animated features. 100%. Yeah. Well... I think only because Raya will be long forgotten by then. Yeah, Raya. I mean, I kind of already forgot about Raya. But I think it's a better... Well, there's one more. There's that other Pixar film coming out, I think, by the end of the year. But Is there another one? I think there's one more. 
the red, whatever. Is that in the south of France? Somewhere. Who knows? The south of England? Is it? Is that the one? Is it coming out this year? It's not. It's Bigfoot's. Oh no! Turning red is is March of next year. So Luca is the only the only film they had this year. And what is Luca? Is the only film from Pixar this year? What's that movie? Luca. Scorpa, we can go anywhere, do anything. We just gotta stick together. We underdogs have to look out for each other, right? Underdogs! This is gonna be the best summer ever. We'll ride down every road. See the whole world together. It'll be amazing. One thing. <sighs> wow. Uh -oh. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Wait, did you see that? No one can find out. Please don't take my sunshine Where did you boys say you were from? <laughs> Luca. Right? They don't do that anymore. <laughs> oh, yeah. That kind of sounds like it should have ended with Luca. A... Luca. Uh, Luca is uh, a sea creature uh, living off the shore. That's a pretty good sour, by the way. It's very tasty, but like when it's, it's been it's sitting puffery. out for a little bit, it's it like really pops. This is, this is the Fondre Reserve from Hermit. Hermit Thrush. Thrush. Who specialize in sours. They I are think they from, only do They sours. only do sours. They're, they're Vermont as well. They're Brattleboro, yeah. yeah. We, we um, featured them on uh, one episode of the podcast. Mm, we did. Um, but that stuff is good. It's good sour. I love sours. Um, Luke would probably like sours too, because it seems like an Italian sort of thing, because he lives off the coast of Porta Rosa. He's, you know, herding some goat fish. I thought maybe sheepfish. No, they're they're goatfish, which actually are a thing, but they don't look like goats. No. Uh, but you know, he's kind of bored with his life because he's kind of doing the same thing over and over again. And he longs to see what's in the above world, and one day he kind of accidentally kind of goes into the above world where he sees Alberto, who's also another sea creature, mm -hmm. who, when he's on dry land, can be you know a person. They look like people. They they transform from sea monsters into people. And he spends his days kind of doing that. His parents, um, Daniela and Lorenzo, played once again by Maya Rudolph and Danny McBride facsimile and Jim Gaffigan, um, are, are not too keen at all on him going out there because Porta Rosa is known for their hatred of the sea monsters. But over time... You know, Luca and Alberto kind of bond together in their adventures during the day as human-looking people. Uh, and eventually his parents, Luca's parents, find out and they banish him to the bottom of the sea, which seems a little drastic. Yeah, that was 
was not a fan he, of that plot turn. Yeah, it seems a little much. It seems like they could have like calmed that shit down a little bit. You know, you get a little Sasha Baron Cohen cameo there. I mean, yeah, that was that was fine. You know, it was heart stopping. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so Luca runs away, and Luca and Alberto decide to go to Porto Rosa because they're in a quesp, a quesp, a quesp for a Vespa. Kind of rhymes. A quespa. Like a, a quespa, yeah. It's a slant rhyme, I guess. <laughs> um, they go to Porto Rosa. They're kind of awestruck by what they see. Uh, Eventually, they run into um, or Cole Visconti, who's the years-long winning champion of the Portarosa Cup, which is this triathlon race. Sponsored by a pasta company? Yeah. That also is about sea monster murdering. Yeah. Um, and there they also meet Julia, uh, who has been a constant loser of the Portarosa Cup, who just wants to beat... Um, Air Cole, because he's too old and too much of a dick to and, keep winning. And is a character model from Ratatouille. But that's fine. Yeah, well, this uses a lot of character models from other things. Uh, his, her, her father, um, Massimo, is, is kind of a reused asset from La Luna as well, mm. which was yeah, 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 the yeah. director's pre- like short. Yeah. Uh, eventually, they decide to get together to compete together in the Portarosa Cup because there's prize money and they could win a Vespa. Um, meanwhile, Daniela and Lorenzo, Luca's parents, are searching for him. They've decided to come onto the shore and there's some practicing. During this, Luca discovers a love for learning. He likes astronomy and he likes a bunch of shit. He likes learning about shit. He likes learning about the fact that stars aren't, you know, fish. Yeah, he likes to learn that his friend Alberto was a fucking liar. Yeah. I'm just an idiot, I guess. Um, eventually, Alberto, in his frustration over the fact that Luca and Julia are getting closer, reveals that he's a sea monster. And, you know, Julia like, also finds out that Luca's a sea monster. And because Massimo has dedicated, her father has dedicated himself to hunting down sea monsters she tries to shoo them away but luca becomes determined to enter into this race himself they compete in the porter he competes in the porter rosa cup by himself you know he swims out in a huge suit he succeeds he eats that pasta he rides the bike he beats their but he's revealed as a sea monster because of the rain but it's okay because massimo's like you know i'm cool with that and the, the two old Old, old women also revealed their sea monsters and everyone's okay with sea monsters. I get the Vespa. Everyone's excited, but then Alberto sells the Vespa so that Luca can get a ticket to go off to Genova, uh, Genoa, Genoa, right? Yeah. Genoa to, to go to school where it, we find out that he is also revealed as a sea monster, but that's pretty cool too. They're all cool with that. Yep. And that's, that's Luca. Um, I enjoyed the fact that I was able to see a Pixar film without any sense of stakes. Uh, I it, it's it's a it continues to be a gorgeous movie to look at. Although it's okay. a bit of, a bit walls and gromedy in terms of its character design, which was interesting. It was a little hodgepodge um, in terms of the character yeah, design. Was but like, yeah, the yeah. location design I thought was gorgeous. Um, still, but beyond that, it's just it was nice seeing this the same level. I don't know, the same... It was, it was nice to see a, 
a Pixar film that wasn't trying to be anything else but two, three kids, two of them outcasts, the third one also an outcast, all of them having all their parents. Uh, Massimo and his wife have separated, so they live separately, but she's still alive. Mm -hmm. No stakes whatsoever. Except winning a cup and maybe see and but and maybe you know they'll be attacked for being sea monsters, but we all know they won't be. Yeah, I mean this would be an awesome movie if like the town speared them all, <laughs> like all the sea monsters, they cut their heads off and put them on stakes, and that was the end of the movie. But outside of a couple fish getting their heads cut off while Massimo prepares dinner, the stakes in this are so incredibly low that for. The hundred minutes that I watched, I just had a nice time. Was it even a hundred minutes? If, if is it? It's maybe. Oh yeah, 95, 95 yeah. minutes. Yeah, um, and at least ten of those are credits. Yeah. So, so. it was nice. It, 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 this felt like the first Pixar film that felt like one of their shorts just expanded yeah. into a feature length. Hundred percent. And I really enjoyed that. I enjoyed that because it has that. It had that attention to detail, that attention to, um, that attention to just design and and basic world building, that attention to trying to create some nuance to their characters without like doing without actually any of the, achieving any nuance without doing yeah without but without actually trying to do anything with it, like with with yeah. it just being a simple story. Told for ninety minutes with simple stakes, with an antagonist who had no complexity, who was just a bad guy because he was a dick, and because he was sixteen and not <laughs> ten. Yeah, and that was it. And it made me really, really want to make whatever that pasta. They actually released the recipe for that pasta, and I wanted oh, really? to try it. Nice. Yeah. And it was just not. It was. Just, it just felt good. Yeah. It just is like this warm feeling. It's completely fluff completely like forgettable in terms of actual film but it feel felt good i texted you right after it and i was like is it possible for me to like have really liked watching a movie while simultaneously really hating that movie and that is this is how i feel about this movie you're 100 right about the aesthetics it feels good character design is is like we said is inconsistent um the town is too small. It felt. I think one of the problems that I'm having with some of the Disney Plus. I feel like a video game town. Yeah, with some. Of, or no, because a video game town now in these days would be way more expansive than this town. Yeah, it, felt this like town a G, it felt like a GTA Five down. It felt like a GTA Five side town. Well, one of the problems that I'm having with. So we'll take Loki. Have you seen Loki yet? Yeah. You've seen the second episode, right? Mm. Okay, so one of the things that I really dislike about Loki. Um, and it's I'm enjoying the show so far. I've I've no idea what happens in in, in episode three because uh, it came out today and we, I haven't watched it yet. Um, is uh, the when they go to Pompeii and they're like, oh, we're in Pompeii, and it's a doorway, and then like a little <laughs> bit of a what? street set, and then a and then a, a back uh, what CGI background that looks like a painted backdrop, and he's like. Look at these carrots and a cart. This is clearly a real place. And Which is like, so interesting since they spent so much on the CGI right. for the Oklahoma. It's like, they're like, we have $30 million to spend on this episode. $28 million is going to the Oklahoma sequence. Yes. And I was just... Which looks great. 
Yeah, it looked, and he, but even that, and even that Pompeii scene, I was like, yeah, these, they're just getting out of here in like ten seconds. Like they're not going to do a bunch of world building here. But that is what this movie reminded me of when it was just kind of like, it's this. It occupy this world occupies this space and the town square. The mostly. town square, and there's like an island that's just over there. Even though they're like, oh, we went, we made it all the way to the mainland. How are we going to make it over there? Oh, we can swim or we can do blah, blah, blah. It's just over there. We can see it the whole time. It's just over there. It's not like, it's the first Pixar movie that felt just like, like, just ultra minor. And like, non, just almost like, accidentally like 96 minutes instead of like on purpose 96 minutes and so this is also the first Pixar movie that I think the writing is just awful I mean this is I mean whoa hold your horses but I think it's all that other stuff whatever you could say you could say Brave you could say no I'm not gonna cars say Brave 3 we could say Cars 2 and 3 yeah right. but mostly Cars 2 this Cars 2 is 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 all the Cars movies are terrible but we kind of talked about this on text too. Though the Cars movies, at least the first Cars movie, felt like a leap forward. And I remember like the trailers for the Cars movies. I was like, "Shit, that looks like a like that's going to be a beast." Yeah, but um, I'm I'm saying specifically Cars two. This movie doesn't even Cars two is 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 what it is. This movie doesn't even make an attempt to make any kind of narrative sense, and it doesn't even have the excuse of trying to turn anthropomorphic cars into Things that we care about or that are having a thing. Okay, in that, same, just, in that same way, like, what about Incredibles 2? Incredibles 2 is just, it comes off of, like, one of the more solid original films. But this is... like, it spins its own wheels. But this is, this is Incredibles 2 spite. Like, just kind of dumped into the middle of this conversation. We were so, like, anti-Incredibles 2. But Incredibles 2, but that's the thing. So, the, but the writing, it's... Did we review Incredibles 2 on this podcast? No, it was, like, the year before okay. that we started the um, podcast um but we talked about it no um it's a different kind of bad this doesn't even make any sense and it's not even about the sea monsters it's just about how they get from point a of their character development to point b of their character development it's just like i'm he's just kind of vaguely interested in like what's what's happening up there and then, like, Alberto tells him a bunch of stuff, and he's like, okay, cool. And then, and then, and the whole time Alberto's telling him stuff, I'm just like, stars exist in the world. Do his parents not tell him? I don't even know how old Luke is supposed to be. I guess 10, 11? He's, I have no idea how sea monster years work or whatever. His parents are just like, there's this. So that's, a, and like, the smallness extends to the down, down into the ocean. It's his patch of, of grazing land, I guess. And then his home. And that's it. And then everything else, they're just like, he doesn't know anything? Nobody has anything to say to him about anything. Well, after seeing La Luna, I think Enrico Casarosa has a, has a problem with astronomy in general. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, did you see La Luna? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's like, Maybe he does. shooting stars are actual stars. But then, to the point where they're just like, why doesn't Alberto know anything? Or not even, why is Alberto anything? Why is Alberto comfortable just telling a bunch of stuff to Luca and just being like, oh, it's what it is, and then getting all sad when Luca wants to know stuff? It's because his dad just left. Where did his dad go? He just left, and he didn't come back. But why? Where did he go? Who knows where he went? Why is he collecting all that stuff? 
for no reason. He just is collecting stuff. Like, it was weird when he was... Luca came into the thing, and he was like, Oh, you have all the materials to build a Vespa. And I'm looking around, and I'm like, Where are all the materials to build a Vespa? What are you seeing that are materials to use Vespa? And you know what's weird about that? Is they use completely different materials every time they go to build the new Vespa. So, like, it's just stuff, and you can fashion it into a Vespa. That's not materials to build a Vespa. And this is kind of where all of... But, like, come on. Two kids are gonna... But so that, think that. but that's the whole thing. I think they are this movie depends on you not caring at all about what's happening to the point where you're just like, yeah, they're kids, who cares? Who cares what they think? They're kids. How does time work in this movie? Why his parents are just sitting in the middle of the square for days just chucking kids into a fountain? Nobody cares that this, these two strangers have walked up on land and are, are first attacking children, throwing them into a fountain, and then destroying them in some kind of fountain-related soccer game that they've developed. And they do it for days! I, know, I thought that was pretty fucking hilarious. But it's funny, but that's... My point is that, like, if you want to do, like, a couple-a-day thing, then, like, do a couple-a-day thing, but they're just like, let's get the parents on land, and then they're just going to stay there. Yeah, the subplot with the parents... And then, like, didn't work. And, and like you mentioned, and the about grandmother the, just kind of like also being there, and the villain just being like, "Why is he a villain?" I thought, I thought that was jerk. fine. See, I think all of the stuff that centers around the main conceit of the film works. My hand is up. But why does it work? Does it work because it doesn't matter, or yeah, does it actually it work? Doesn't matter, right? And that's my whole thing. This is the stuff that made me think while I was watching this. I was like, I wonder if Disney is responsible for like the COVID like pandemic. Just so they could release Luca and nobody would give a shit and they wouldn't have to take a fucking bath like at the box office because they released like, they're like, oh my god, we gave this guy a hundred million dollars to make this movie and it's going to make a hundred, it might not even make a hundred million dollars. But it's, I think, I think this is more entertaining to me than something like Onward. Because this has at least like some level of sincerity to like it's just. I don't think it, so. To it's just, to just like it's, it's, it's non need to have some Listen. To not need to have some level of depth whereas onward tries to have this level of depth and fails I would so rather, terribly at but it. I would rather watch a movie that tries to be something and fails at it than one that doesn't try to be anything and still fails at it but it tried to be nothing it succeeded at it it tried to be just this this bit of fluff I mean Obviously, there's, there's, the aspect, is, there's the aspects of like representation and whatnot that a lot of people have taken from it that I think have value. What, that Jim um, Gaffigan's not Italian? What? That Jim Gaffigan's not an Italian sea monster? But you know what I mean. He's just to, a regular degree, sea monster? To the degree of, like, is there oh, homosexual yeah. overtones For or sure. is there, like, um, a, you know, uh, ability overtones to it? Um, you know, like a lot of people who have... What's, what's the correct term for it? Not, it's not handicapped anymore, but... Um, Physical. Are you talking about something specific, like ableism? Like ableism, yeah. Like ableism aspects in terms of like a lot of lot of what I've read is a lot of like from people with mobility issues mm -hmm. have kind of like seen this is like seen the line of like they find the good ones. There's gonna be a lot of people who criticize them, but he finds the good ones in that line. The, the good. Ones. The what the line where Luca were like the parents, her his mother, you know Maya Rudolph's character yeah. kind of says like, oh you know he's gonna face a lot of like tribulation and whatnot, but Luca's he knows how to find oh, the yeah, good yeah, ones. Yeah, that, yeah, like yeah. there's a lot of value to be found there, 
and like 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 what I think that's a little bit. I don't think this film's necessarily dwelling anywhere near as much as any Pixar film has ever tried to do. No, and that's um, and we'll talk about. But that. But I do think that this. Oh, and you know, Morricone was originally supposed to compose this film. That would have been great. That would have been good. Um, Although I don't think the score is. I think the score is negligible and one of like the better parts of. Yeah, the score is the score. Is it's fine. Good. It's fine. Um, but I, I just feel as though this film ultimately is trying to be like this positive. Ultimately, this kind of like positive film yeah. where nothing. There's there's the stakes are so limited, and it's obviously always on this upward lift. It's never has the, the the stakes in which actually present themselves are so negligible that they don't matter, and I find that to be endearing. I find because especially when it succeeds, maybe it doesn't succeed so much in creating like this giant world. Maybe it doesn't so much succeed in creating a depth of characters, but it concedes in its emotional sense. It concedes in feeling like if I watch this movie when I'm down. It's go. I'm going to end on an up because it's consistently putting me there. It, it at least emotionally stays consistent in terms of like having this this attempt and sense of putting forward a certain amount of energy. I guess with an like towards that that yeah. works for me. Whereas like other film like Onward, why like Onward is a failure to me because Onward has to have those. Emotional stakes, that emotional drop that these Pixar movies sure. seem to need. Like this all movie's movies like have, this movie's yeah. just like fuck that. Like we're constantly going to be on this upward. Right. Everything's going to be good. Sure, and that's kind of where my and this is where I think the two movies that we talked about today intersect is the the idea that like the Mitchells versus Machines is still doing the very stereotypical like um, animated film or just any movie I guess these days um, story arcs. Where they're just like they go up and they go all the way down and they have to go all the way back up and then they go all the way down. Mitchell's versus Machine doesn't they... have doesn't have a drop. Like it has it, like it has it has possible stakes where they lose, but you never you know no, they're no, never no. going to lose. Well, that's but like the idea that you, what you're saying, ver, Luca versus that is that Luca doesn't even really ever get to the point where they're just like, oh, maybe they won't. Who helps him? And they're just like, oh, he is the winner. I do wish I do wish they would have had him pay his, his fee, entry fee at least. But I think this is um, my biggest, my overarching problem, Mario. And this is I, like, I don't, this is not like uh, concern trolling or whatever, Pixar. This is the first time it seems like they're just like, I don't know. I don't care. Whatever. Like, do whatever you want, buddy. We're not quality controlling this. We're putting it... This is going on Disney+. Plus, Just so we can say, like, new Pixar movie on Disney+. Plus, and guess what? You don't have to pay $30 to watch it. And people will be like, really? Oh, my God. We're all so lucky. Thank you, Disney, for thinking of us and giving us this to us in our time of need. And they're just like, yeah, because this... I would have rather paid $30 for this than fucking move on. Well, yeah. But, like, you're... you're this is I mean, Ray, Ray is... Ray is better than this um Ray, but Ray, has Ray I mean Ray has a shit Ray has a shit villain but Ray is better than I this. mean this is like um, I don't but, wanna, I'm not trying to get I don't want to like trap you this is not like no it's not entrapment I, 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 and you're Catherine Zeta-Jones and I'm Sean Connery and like we're like in this kind of dance do, here wait do you want me to do do you want me to do the do you want me to do the thing I, I, brought my, I brought my laser set up just, <laughs> <laughs> just for that st- of, oh that's what the strings are there for yeah yeah, yeah. um I, I just I I I I feel like I but I am agreeing. I feel like I don't know. I, but I just feel like Raya is. 
I understand. I understand what you're, and this is one of those going to be one of those conversations where I think we're both roughly on the same side of it. We're just kind of coming at it from. Coming, we just take away different to, things. Well, we're just it. we're getting to the same point roughly, but from different directions. You know what I mean? And we're taking away right. different things. Raya is objectively a much better movie than this movie. Like it just is. Yeah, I, I would say I would say in, Raya's Raya's failings Raya's failings in comparison to this is in the fact that it's emotional depths that it needs to that it feels like all these animated films now need to like delve into. Yeah, end up making its villain unredeemable in the end. And I guess I guess maybe for me it was refreshing not to have that in this movie. But not have, to have like its villain sure. wasn't much of a villain. Its villain's just a douchebag. <laughs> A douchebag kid. Yeah, just a douchebag. Is he supposed Which to be 16? I thought yeah, he was supposed he's to be 16. Oh, for some reason, I thought he was supposed to be like in his yeah, 20s. Yeah, 16 years old. But, anyways, just a, kind of a douchebag in that. And it ends with just him getting like pushed into the fountain. But you have to. But it reminded, you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of like watching The Sandlot. But The Sandlot is good. This movie but stinks. But you know what I mean? Like the stakes being like the ball. The stakes are huge in The Sandlot. They gotta get that ball back. Babe Ruth signed that ball, man. <laughs> and Luca wants to not be a dumb fucking kid who thinks stars are fish and wants to actually go to school. Yeah, but you know what's one of Which the actually are pretty high stakes when you think about it. Like this movie could have fixed. This movie could have fixed very easily. Is his parents could have been like, "Oh yeah, you can come up whenever you want." Well, apparently they don't have schools in Puerto Rosso. They also don't have schools in like the everyone sea- knows. They also don't have schools in like the sea world. Yeah, apparently. apparently, this is not like Finding Nemo, where there's the same the same world doesn't exist. There's also just like two kinds of fish. Well, you know, with or ju- three kinds of fish. There's sea monsters. There's goat fish, and there's whatever the hell Sasha Baron Cohen's fish is. That's it. That's angler. It. He's an anglerfish. Right? Anglerfish. There's three fish. He's an anglerfish. No other fish. That's, what it's called? That's it. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Three fish. And I'm in a mood. But, they, like, but this is one of the things. But this is kind of what I'm they saying. Made, they made that pasta look fucking good. Though. They made that pasta look good, but like, I'm gonna Ratatouille make, I'm gonna make, I'm made gonna all make their pasta. food look better. And that was, that, goddamn pasta. that was 10, 15 years ago, Ratatouille? Oh, yeah, come on. You can't compare like an S-plus level Pixar film to this movie. But I think in... I think so. This is a thing. So, I mean, you're compa- you can't compare. You're comparing fucking the, like. But that's the point: is that we're starting in different spots. When I see Pixar, I'm come even like so. That's the thing. So that's why Good Dinosaur stinks. That's why like all the rest of the Cars movies stink. That's why um, Up is just is just trash. That, like that's why Brave is kind of just like a a a, a, Fine. a, a missed opportunity. It's over over directed. Like over everything, the missed opportunity to kind of tell a really interesting you story really that Wolfwalkers did you better. Really, oh Wolfwalkers, fuck Wolfwalkers. You, you think this end. movie is better than Wolfwalkers? I, I don't know. But this is what I'm saying: is that you're you're starting so you're starting so low. This movie didn't ask anything of you, so it's and it, the fact that it doesn't give you anything, you're just kind of like good, good. Thank you. No, because I think for for requiring nothing of me and then giving me like. Some I'm so returns. I was so slighted from from what like Onward did last year that. But why? Why did Onward, Onward bother you so much? Because Onward's like you. Onward trying, is imperfect. Onward's like trying to do it's it's for one thing it's 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 a haphazardly created world. Like that, sure, just like oh, we're fantasy. Yeah, that's it's a, a fantasy like with realism. Yeah, from a writing standpoint. Um, 
And we love our dad. That's cool, right? Yeah, and its voice acting is terribly inconsistent overall. Well, and then that's why you cast Chris Pratt. And then it's gonna happen. <laughs> we're gonna do a tomorrow war review. No, we're not. I'm gonna. No, we we should. Why did they de-age him? He's de-age. He's like but, 38, right? But if not, maybe 40. Um, oh, oh, well, that's why. But like, it just it just tries to have these emotional drops. It tries to have these emotional drops, and it tries to punch you in the gut. And it's just like you fucking don't deserve this because you are not doing anything at all to earn this. Movies like The Incredible, like okay, I don't want to compare The Incredibles. Let's let's talk about like um. I love this movie, but it would be called Middling Pixar. Bugs Life. Bugs, oh, Bugs Life. Yeah, Bugs Life is terrible. I mean, I, I love Bugs Life. Why? Like we talk because I because it's one of the older ones, and it's like my introduction to Pixar. Ah, but that doesn't mean it, dude. It's good. You're well, like anyways, fifty now. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> anyways, um, like Pixar, like Bugs Life, at least does enough of its world building and enough of its development and building of those stakes to earn. Yeah. That drop. It does enough of that. Onward doesn't do jack fucking shit to but that's earn so, any of that. And I'll give you And this, this. movie's like, this movie's just like, there's right. no stakes. I will stakes give, are, maybe he loses the race right. and has to go back. I will give you this. I think this and Onward are evidence that, like, the Pixar machine, and Soul in a lot of ways, too, is that the Pixar machine is coming apart. Is that they are doing a lot of the same stuff that, like, the MCU is doing, which is that they're taking people's expectations of Pixar and the history of Pixar for granted and they think that allows them to do certain stuff to make certain choices which are which Pixar movies in the past would have never done they would have never Pixar would have never made a movie in which the first half of the movie is just rules you know how we know that they would never make a movie because they made a movie that's infinitely more complex than Soul in Inside Out which has many more rules and found a way to integrate the rules into the narrative of the story how yeah. our emotions built here is a whole movie about how the 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 how emotions work and it's not just about rules soul is like we don't care about that anymore this is pixar we've got jamie fox and we've got um we've got Trent tina Reznor, Faye. we've got Tina Fey, uh, and 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 you, and you're gonna like this, and it's gonna be really deep so because of, of Pixar. Let's right? look at let's look at the past like ten years of Pixar, right? So, starting like 2011, we get Cars two, the first get, money grab, the first Pixar yeah, money grab. We get yep. Brave, which is trying, but I think just just doesn't doesn't hit, hit it. But it's, hit trying. It. it's trying. It's trying. It's trying really I, fucking hard. Yeah, it just. I think it's just the fact that, like, has Mark... I don't think Mark Andrews or Brenda Trapman have done anything with them since then. Um, but I think that's just a case of... That's a case of needs more... Needs needs more experience. And it's middle-era it's middle Pixar. So yeah. when they're, they're just... They're kind of trying to find their way through... And I think Brave... I think stuff. Brave also got hurt by the Thank fact you. that it came after Cars 2. That right. they were hoping for a rebound and didn't get it. Right. Um, they get Monsters University, which is a movie I completely forgot existed, but was fine. Yeah, but it's also it's more IP diving, yeah. IP mining. You get Inside Out. Inside Out's amazing. Yep. Um, then you get Good Dinosaur. Looks great. Can't tell you what the fuck that movie's about. Spelt for toy selling. Finding Dory. Pfft, garbage. Yep. Cars Three. Garbage. Coco. 
fine. I'm always going to say Coco's fine. But I think Coco- But I, I will also say Coco's fine knowing that I'm probably wrong, knowing that I just don't give a shit about the entire Coco world. And I think the Co- But it does a lot for right. world building and all that. I, I will say Co- that's, right. that's I think a solid. Co- it earns all its yes, world building yes. and everything. Yeah. You're saying all the things I want to say. Incredibles 2? Garbage. But it's only because you don't like... It's because you're so in The Incredibles. Incredibles 2 is actually like a fantastic movie. You think so? Yeah. It just, it's got bad voice acting because, on contrary to popular belief, Bob Odenkirk fucking stinks also, at acting. Also, Incredibles 2 literally came out two months before we started this podcast. So, just, that's probably us. Probably, we probably talked about it on this podcast because I was still the well, death rem- of my hatred. But I remember having this conversation in the bar. And, like, you, Incredibles means a lot to you that it really well, pissed it's you it's off. On my list. Right. But it really pissed you off that Incredibles 2 was kind of. I think it pissed you off that Incredibles too deigned to exist. It just—it just isn't. It's just is doing a lot of these like it's 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 it lacks a lot of the focus that Incredibles has. See, that's the thing. It's and I disagree. I actually think Incredibles two is a superior movie to Incredibles one because I think Incredibles one um, lays on its tropes too heavily. Regardless, well, we okay, can't. Let's, we, let's just say. Let's just say. Let's just say. Disagree. Let's just say that's fine. fine. Toy Story four, a misstep. I think. I mean, I don't like the Toy Story movies, but I think most people can agree that Toy Story 4 is not You're doing... Not, you, we can't have this conversation because there's too much personal preference involved. In okay, it. but Toy Story 4, whatever. It's funny. Toy Story 4 is funny. Onward. A failure in most ways. Yep. Soul, I like a lot, but you, I know you don't. So I, I just, in comparison to the past 10 years, I don't understand how you call like Luca like one of the worst when you've got things like Good Dinosaur, Finding Dory, the two Cars movies. Like... Onward. These ones are, yeah, they might be trying something, but they're utterly failing at trying something. Luca's just like, hey, we're trying to make you feel good. I don't think it's, but I disagree, I disagree from the sense that I... Do you think it's, it's trying to do something? No, I don't think it's trying to do anything. And that, I think, is not in the front, because I don't care. Like, I'm never going to talk about this movie. If we talk about, if we do our end of the year list and we do our three animated movies... Oh, it, it's, it's right now... Losing the Rhea, but it's second. You think this is better than Mitchell's versus yeah. Machines? Yep. I mean, that's. A, I mean, I think that's crazy. And I don't. If we even get to the second, because contest, it doesn't have all that fucking fluff with Rhea versus the Machine, but it's or Rhea versus the Machine. Yeah, but Florence versus the Machine. But this is. But like, I'm. I'm interested. And so this is a, actually. This should be where the. This should be where the podcast goes. I'm. I'm so happy. This is how like we're gonna end this. This is where the podcast should go from now on. This move, this podcast should be um, charting the evolution of our of our taste because I think you and me are moving in totally opposite directions from where we started when we started this podcast. I think two and a half years ago, you're just like fuck this movie, and not with hard feelings because you don't have hard feelings in the same way that I have hard feelings for stuff. But you're just kind of like, eh, forget it. You know what I mean? Like well, whatever. This, I, and I think this is kind of forget. This is it's forgettable. Hundred percent forgettable. There but I'm not offended no, by that. But there's no way that this is a a better movie than Mitchell's vs. Machines. I have mostly forgotten about Mitchell's vs. Machines, except for the things that irritate me about Mitchell's vs. Machines. And this is not a negative of Mitchell's vs. Machines because I think it's a really solid, really good animated film. But. I hesitate to find the things that annoyed me with Luca. I just find Luca to be just like a fun, enjoyable, positive experience. Whereas Mitchell's Lewis Machines has these moments where I'm like, oh, I just wish that wasn't there. And like, you know what I, I know, wish wasn't there I, in Luca? You know what I think? The whole I think, movie. I think, um, I can't remember the, uh, 
the director's name off the top of my head because I got rid of it already. Um, no, I didn't. Uh, I think Rionda, Mike Rionda, has a better film in him than Enrico Casarosa uh, does. Mm-hmm. I, I fully believe that because I don't think La Luna was that good. And I think Luca's just fluffy. But maybe that's, maybe that's where I think Luca's better is because I think this is like what Casarosa pos- like, has in him. And I think Rionda has better in him. That's weird. But I though. think. But comparing the two, I had a much better time with Luca than I did with Mitchell. And I, but I'm, what I'm saying is that I think that's that's new. That's not that's not representative of old Mario. <laughs> You're just like, and I don't like it. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't dislike it because I'm feeling like I'm moving in a different. I'm moving in like a slightly different direction too. Um, and I wasn't like offended by it's because it. of Hollow Knight. No, no. <laughs> It's not because of all that. Although that's, although that's a good theory. Uh, I wasn't offended by Luca. I just... It it had, it had was offering me nothing. And it wasn't offering... And the things that it was offering, I can get from other places. Like, just... That are better than Luca. Um, and from a, an animated comfort food standpoint, um, I think there's movies that, that do that stuff just better. Like... I was drinking a sea hag and eating homemade nachos when I watched Luca. You so. were drinking the what sea hag? What? That's was C-Hag. it the first sea hag? No, it was my first sea hag. I drank sea hag one and two while watching Luca. Did you have a good day before that? No, no. No, you had a bad day? No, I mean, no, I had a fine day. It was just a regular day. I'm so suspicious of this. I was. Honestly. I kind of expected you to say, like, Luca is. Is your opinion of Luca, but it's like objectively not very good. It's weird to hear you say that. Like it's objectively not very good, but I think that makes it pretty good. It's objectively just nothing. It's objectively just. But how is a movie sugar. that's objectively nothing better than a movie that's trying to be something really big and mostly hits it? Um, I, because uh, no, no, okay, so. Ah oh, haha. But maybe I, maybe I, I favor I favor exactly I favor mean. I favor Luca to Mitchell's versus the Machine. I think I guess that this would be to clarify my point. Mitchell's versus the Machine's a better film, not as good as Raya, but I favor mm-hmm. I favor Luca to Mitchell's versus the Machine. You favor the experience of watching Luca versus the experience. Yes. Fine, good. Yeah. I'm happy. Thank you. Did you mean that, or are you just trying to get out of this podcast? No, I, no, I, I do mean that, and I, I, okay. I mean, I just, I just, I, I think, but I think I would have, I would hesitate to give a better review to Mitchell's versus the Machine because I would want to like poke, I would want to poke that bear to to get a better film. But it is with a film because I don't, it, but the film I don't is think, I don't think Casa Rosa's past, and I, I think, and I think overall people as a whole are going to have a more fun of a time. With Luca, the Mitchell's versus Machines. Sure, because I think anybody can watch Luca, and like Mitchell's versus Machines is kind of, <clears throat> um, it's making certain aesthetic choices that are gonna that's going to possibly alienate. Somebody. And it's it's too long. It's too long, yeah. and it feels too long. Yeah, it's twenty yeah. minutes too long. Yeah. Um, and again, and it's not perfect. No, no, no. It's no, no, definitely no. not perfect. It's not my number one animated movie of the year. Raya is still my number one animated movie of the year because even though Raya is not perfect. Raya is 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 like is um, it's beautiful. It's like an emotional wrecking ball. Even though those emotions aren't like like 
don't hit all the time. Just and it has amazing world building. Sure, it just has a garbage villain redemption a, story. There's not a mo- there's not a moment in any animated movie I'm assuming that's going to happen this year that's going to rival when every single main character that we know, like that we're supposed to like and are rooting for, turns to stone for a minute. Like it's it's like AI esque in that regard where they're just like, oh yeah, everyone's dead. Imagine if that movie had ended there. It would have been perfect. Sure, I felt that same way about AI. For I mean, I mean, it, at the time, and then it like kept going, and I was like, "Oh, this hurts so much more." Or if Infinity War had ended the Marvel Cinematic Universe, well, so that's the that thing. So Rai is not going to do the same thing that AI did, which is like, you know, what we're going to do, we're going to inflict more pain. Yeah, that's painful. He just looked at that blue fairy forever, and then he was born again by the aliens, and then he, and then he got to meet his mom for a day, and then he, she fucking died again. Yeah, take that. No, there none of these what's movies he, are doing do it after so. that. That's it. That's the movie ends. Yeah, but what's he gonna do after that though? Who? Nothing. He's just gonna hang out with the aliens. Well, okay. I'm sure he'll. I'm sure he'll be fine. Sure, he's gonna be taken care of well, until they until they need his parts for something. Yeah, they're like, oh, is that copper? The aliens. There's a there's a shop over there. We listen. Can sell. That's a sore <laughs> subject for me. No, oh, we're gonna take that, and you're gonna be hot. <laughs> we were very hot. Don't forget, I was here one of those days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm allowed to make jokes. You're lucky. You're lucky. I know. You cool had to day live today. Anyway. My copper got stolen from my AC. I have to repair my AC. It's going to take a couple weeks. <sighs> and you know what? That. It was kind of warm on Saturday. And... Luca made me feel a little cooler. Mm. It also started raining near the end, and that actually cooled down too. So maybe that's true. Maybe there was some sort of like that, experiential, which experience. is fine, which is totally fine. I'm 100 percent willing to accept that. We need to move on so JP doesn't hate the fact that he came here. <laughs> if you also hate the fact that we just talked for a long time about Luca, like um, 40 minutes, yeah, pretty could, consistently just about Luca. Yeah. You can tweet us at Film Pivotal. Or you can go to pivotalfilmpodcast.com or you can send us an email at pivotalfilmpodcast.gmail.com um, and do whatever. Um, we're going to uh, stop here and then we're going to come back uh, next week and we're going to talk about something that we've been talking about for like the entire podcast. We're going to do the thing finally. Uh, and we hope you enjoy it. But until then, watch uh, Paul Thomas Anderson movies that haven't been mentioned on our list and drink beers from Vermont or Brooklyn. And we will talk to you next week.